Welcome to It's a Fit Life Creation podcast with me, Katrina Julia. I'm a lifestyle entrepreneur and a transformation coach. Jumpstart transformation to time to transform, to boss brand, to money maker, to inspiring with influence and more. So let's create. And I lost over 55 pounds four years ago with the help of Herbalife Nutrition, Meal Bags, Team Edge, NASA, a certified public accountant. I've served in over eight industries, generating others over seven to nine figure results consistently while having my own money in chaos to create a life and a business I love. It's about the passion, the purpose, the people, and the profits to create a life and a business you love. Tune in to the stories and the journey as we create It's a Fit Life Creation. It's a fit life creation. On today's episode, we're talking about health and beauty from the inside out with Dr. Rahi. She has a Persian background. She's living in Los Angeles. She's board certified. She's a USC, University of Southern California grad. She did her integrative medicine fellowship at the University of Arizona She's also pursuing her teacher's certification in yoga, from what I saw recently. And her passion lies in ensuring you get the best health care, starting from the inside out. Welcome, Dr. Rahi. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. We're excited to have you and for you to share your story. So share with us beyond what we just uh, you know, introduced and just an amazing background, an amazing story, obviously highly driven. What, Thank you. Absolutely. I, I think myself and also many of the listeners will recognize that took quite a bit of overcoming and a lot of hard work. Yes. Yes. I think um, sometimes when I sit and reflect onto where I am from where I came from, it's like shocking to me. I'm like, Oh, I did that. And I did that. And I did that. Um, and it, it makes me realize the things that we can overcome if we are determined, um, not just me specifically, but just people in general. Um, and how, you know, just real lots of hard work and lots of sacrifice was, and like a strong focus was what kind of led me to where I am today. I love that you said that because I think so many times, you know, many of us, we're so hard on ourselves. Yeah. We tend to focus on where I'm not or where we're not yet. 
as opposed to looking backwards and say, wait a minute, like I'm a badass. Look at everything yeah. I've overcome. I right. can do this too. So I think um, what I've realized just specifically for myself was that um, really the having a specific vision um, and believe me, like I've had to sacrifice so much in addition, like to get to my specific vision to where I am. And I feel like people don't really talk about that. I feel like people, when they talk about their story, they don't talk about, they don't really bring into light the sacrifices and the work that they have to put in. I feel like everyone, if generally speaking, I feel like a lot of people make it look easier. I love <laughs> that I'm, you said that. Like, it, was, it wasn't hard in the sense of like, I'm still here. So I survived, but <laughs> I feel like you, know, you have to put into a certain amount of work to, you know, de- you have to dedicate a certain amount of work to accomplish a certain goal. Absolutely. And to your point, the sacrifice, when I think part of it is we like to make it look easy because we don't want to like, for example, take Instagram as an example, right? You don't want to put yeah. the sleepless nights of you like crying your eyes out or the sacrifice yeah. of not going out with your friends because you're stored yeah. for boards or you're doing things with your fellowship or your business. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that's like a way to say, Hey, like there's lightness during the darkness. But then the other side is, and I think this is where you see more people now sharing like behind the scenes and doing things because years ago, like saying something was hard or mental health issues, it was almost like a taboo or you didn't talk about that because that's not what you talk about. Yeah. Is that what it was? It was more like taboo to talk about like your struggles to get to where you are. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Now that I think about it, yeah, because. I've only recently become more open with like my experiences from where I was to where I am now um, and where I want to continue going um, and, and how, how all of the steps along the way have influenced who I am and how I came to become specifically an integrative medicine practitioner, an integrative medicine doctor. So I love that. And to your point, I think you see a lot of people opening up more and I definitely relate to that too. You know, and yeah. I think many people do that. It's like, oh, you're much more open today than, yeah. you know, last, you know, last year, five years yeah. ago, et cetera. I think also, to be honest with you, my yoga teacher training has really helped me be more open with who I am rather than just keeping it to myself. And I think people like that. The more they can relate, um, however which way it is, even if it's like slightly, um, they end up, uh, you know, like appreciating your work more. No, absolutely. And to your point, that's one of the reasons why, like I integrate yoga myself because Mm -hmm. I recognize many of us are so conditioned to go, go, go. And it's intentionally finding something that helps you be quiet or helps you be still. Yes. (laughs) And that's something I'm like learning now too, even though, um, that's like, I think the hardest thing when you have a goal in mind, um, and trying to achieve that goal, how do you detach yourself from that and find stillness and like, just accept what is right now versus like what you're trying to get to. Beautifully said, because it's still celebrating. (laughs) You're welcome. It's celebrating (laughs) that you've come from all this. 
You're uh-huh. in this beautiful moment. You're still a priceless human, beautiful human being, no matter what. Thanks. <laughs> Absolutely. Then, and this goes for anyone listening. That's and, true. And then from that aspect, from yes, you have this next goal, but the same way you achieved all these goals in the past, like don't forget to enjoy the moment and the present and of who you are right now, because who you are right yeah. now is who you once dreamed of. Yeah. <laughs> That is very true. Like I couldn't even imagine like we from where sort of I came from an immigrant family. We left Iran when I was four and then we sort of, um, you know, we lived in India for a little bit. Then we lived in Holland and then we lived in Canada and we were just moving. And from where I was just sort of like creating a business and um, creating a practice and uh, Beverly Hills, California is like a long way from where I was. And never did I imagine that I I couldn't, I don't even think like when I was younger, I could have even imagined sort of that being a possibility, but I had a certain vision in mind and I didn't let that stop me, (laughs) which is, yeah. It's the power of the mind that you had a vision and it started coming clearer and clearer and different things with your family obviously coincided, didn't coincide, but you kept going. Right. And I just kept going. And I actually moved to America by myself to pursue medicine and to pursue sort of the more creative side of medicine, which I've been able to do here. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that I could do what I'm doing really in any other country. No, and that, to your point, there's so many opportunities here in the U.S. that I think a lot of times people discount or take for granted or don't yeah. realize. Um, let's talk about that because you just hit on something like super pivotal, pivotal that the mindset behind, because I don't want to ignore this for like a later question because the moment's here, the mindset of where you were and what country were you in at the time when you took the leap of faith to come here? I was in Canada initially. I was like, I did my undergraduate training in Canada and there was just something inside of me that said that there was like this, this fire inside of me and I kind of wanted to move to the States because I felt like I, I could achieve what I wanted to achieve specifically here. And I, it's just, I just knew it's, it's like an intuition It's trusting that gut and knowing to go with it, even when, and I think Mm -hmm. this is what a lot of people don't realize, and especially people that want to pursue their own dreams, even when everyone else thinks it's crazy. Yeah. But you know, and you knew, I don't care what anyone else is saying. I knew this is what is great for me. Yes. I mean, I think, Along the way, there ha- there were times where I wanted to sort of just go back home and be with my family. And still, even now, I miss them a lot, and it's hard. But sometimes I just I, I continue because I have this sort of vision that I think that I know that is I can best serve that vision here at this moment, doing what I'm doing. I love it. And I love that you reflected on at this moment because that opens up the possibility that it might change. It might change. And I, and I think about that and I'm like, where will I be in 10 years? Cause I think I grew up sort of moving around 
and it's whether I like it or not, it's in my, it's in my nature. Um, so I'm always open to possibilities of like, you know, in 10 years, where will I be? I don't know. Um, but I have a vision of what is happening right now. And I will always be a doctor and I will always, you know, focus in on healing and, uh, but how will I be doing that in 10 years? Cause how I'm doing it now is much different than what I was doing when I was in med school than what I thought I would be doing when I was in medical school or residency or even in a fellowship. And I feel like it changes all the time and there's with healing and providing healing, there's different ways. And so I'm very open. That's awesome. So let's talk about that. When did you first start thinking about like health as a concept of, you know, being healthy from the inside out, like healthy and beautiful from the inside out? So when you're younger and you want to be a doctor, you always envision sort of, or at least when I was younger and I I thought of the concept of being a doctor, I always envisioned myself, you know, helping those who needed help specifically. And, um, it, I feel like that's such the, the, that vision has transformed and like been added on and sort of like refined as, um, I've gone through life and understanding what is healing, what is health, um, <clears throat> when I was in medical school and residency, uh, what I, what, one of the things I took away from it specifically was that we weren't focused at that time in prevention and wellness. Um, we were really focused on treating when the person was already sick and, um, not, you know, looking at that person and saying, why, you know, uh, did this happen? And then, um, just living, you know, in different places also sort of, um, showed me how different people live, different peoples live in different parts of the world. And so, um, and I grew up, you know, eating extremely healthy because we had home cooking all the time. And um, I feel like if we're talking about like, you know, plant-based diets, like I grew up with a full plant-based diet unintentionally. And so it was just like throughout, um, just my experiences, I realized, and it wasn't just my medical experiences, my life experiences that showed me that the best way to approach health is prevention and through wellness and through optimal living. And so that's sort of how I started doing more research when I was in residency. Like, I don't want to practice medicine by just sort of like bandaging a wound. I want to like sort of prevent that wound from happening. And so that's what brought me to integrative medicine. Um, and, you know, through integrative medicine, I've been able to sort of like, um, even for myself, create like a better optimal living environment. And I hope to sort of bring that to the people around me as well. I love that. And I love how you wrapped into your life experiences, as well as seeing the culture here, which I'm sure you saw even being, you know, in med school or even in, you know, now and in integrative medicine and all these experiences the drastic extremes of the cultural impact on diet and food here. Yeah. Uh, especially yeah. whereas you had a very stable plant-based focus and <laughs> I can kind of relate to both because, you know, my background similar to you, Polish and Bul- in the sense of being, you know, multicultural, Polish yeah. and Bulgarian, very healthy Mediterranean diet. However, 
My parents also would allow outside influence to influence them and bring in fast food, bring in different things to the home. So really we had like kind of like a, for the most part stable, but also moments of instability and introducing these things. And later, you know, like many women do, as you've seen, using food as a coping mechanism or different things got up to the point of being 55 pounds heavier. Wow. And I said, wait a minute. Like, I don't feel like I want to feel. I don't this. Like, kept persistently trying different things. Finally got to the point a couple years ago with several different tools, several different components, and realized as well, it's like the medical side of it is very very reactive. It's like, it's a bandage. Let me give you this. Let me give you that. Yeah. But to really deal with it, it's like digging through the inside out, but also realizing why you use food as a coping mechanism. Why are you going right. to this item that you know is not good for you in the long run? Right. Yes. And food is used as a coping mechanism. Um, and it's associated with, you know, like, you know, whatever, like any situation that happens, people always like, eat right like a birthday a a celebration even like funerals people get together and eat and so that that's very true but I actually think um separating even like the food from you know emotional I think the quality of the food that we're eating isn't great um and so even if you're eating infrequently like the the quality of the food that you're eating is probably subpar to what you should be eating and you're not getting the nutrients, nutrients. and the minerals and the vitamins mm-hmm. and all that you need and you're just eating a lot of a lot of people in North America are eating more processed foods and I think so even if food for you isn't an emotional thing I just mm-hmm. think that uh you're, you're just not getting the nutrition that you need from the majority of the food that's offered no thousand percent it's funny that you brought that up i just wrote an article um as well that talked about you know do you need supplements and i take supplements now consistently with herbalife for the last four years yeah i said even if exactly what you said even if you eat you know let's say you're you know eating healthy but it's not plant-based it's not vegetarian it's not vegan vegan it's protein based you know you're eating your chicken your fish your salmon your you know, your occasional meat, and then you fill up on veggies, you eat complex carbs. So your nutrients, your healthy fats, your nutrients are there. However, due to the influence of pesticides, due to the influence of the economy on food, uh, gestation periods of chicken that are sliced in like a sixth on average, the food industry as a whole, to, to your point, I think to have optimal you actually need both because unless you're growing your own entire, like, you know, cultivating yeah. your own farm, your own fish, your own everything, how can you completely know, or it's a small farm or it's a small, you know, village or something like that and mass market, yeah. how can you know or trust? I know. And sometimes I wish I grew my own food. I just think it's hard with our lives. And so we just had to, um, I mean, living in bigger cities, it's easier to get good food as long as you have educated yourself. And that's why it's just, you know, just everyone at least have a consultation with an integrative practitioner and integrative nutritionist just to 
you know, get a baseline understanding of what to eat, you know, invest into that early on into, you know, your life so that you don't have more health problems in the future, which can lead to like just poor quality of life. Um, and, and lead to more healthcare costs and more costs, more days of missing work, more days of like not feeling good and unable to like live optimally. So I think having that education, um, you know, is really, really important. And I feel like ways, I mean, I mean, I hope that I'm able to like bring that, you know, to people, but there's, you know, I encourage everyone to sort of like see somebody in their area like that can provide them sort of with a baseline sort of understanding of nutrition. No, that's awesome. Because to your point, Dr. Rahi, we don't, you know, most schools at any level, unless that's your focus, you know, in undergrad and grad school, but definitely not for the most part in elementary and middle school, you know, in high school, it's not a focus at a basic level to teach you about nutrients. And unless you grow up in a household where parents are talking about that, But then on the flip side of that, with Google and the internet and local practitioners, there's so much information. There's so much information out there. It's hard to like really wrap your brain around what you should be learning, right? But to your point, it's also like making it simple. Like what's the basics? Like we, you know, for the most part, you know if eating ice cream, you know, is healthy or not. Or you know if eating a cheeseburger is healthy or not. But then keeping it simple of what's your basics with protein, complex carbs, healthy fats. And then, like you said, how you feel. Like, you know how you feel when the food is not in alignment with optimal health. Like, we know. But but there's some people that, unfortunately, especially in America specifically, because I've seen it. I've seen it in the hospitals. There are people that their whole lives have been eating poorly. I mean, I've seen children that are morbidly obese. Yes. Um, and so do they even know what it feels, what it feels like to feel good? You're right. A lot of times they don't, because even when I started shifting, I was like, wait a minute, I feel better now than I did in high school. Yeah. So, so that's, that's another problem. Like, do people, you don't know what you don't know. It was like healthy. And Mm -hmm. I think like a lot of people, um, in this country and in turn, the world because you know um american society is very influential worldwide um you know they're they're at baseline born without even knowing what health is um that's sad (laughs) that goes back to the education and that goes back to the abundance of the information we have yeah but then still not knowing like i could feel this great or this is how it feels to be fully energized or you know how do i make you know, how do I have myself feel better? All those questions that come from food, self-care, you know, health from the inside out. So speaking of which, what are some other, you know, you've already mentioned several pivotal moments of impact, but Mm -hmm. other moments that really influenced you? you When I was, you mean like throughout my childhood slash adulthood? Childhood slash adulthood (laughs) slash... There's been so many different periods in my life that have been specifically influential. Um, I really think if I could go back in time, I would never, I I would never change the fact that I have lived in so many places at such young ages where like you don't even have the opportunity to say, no, I I can't go here. Like 
when I was four years of age, we lived in India for four months. Um, when I was from the age of four to six, we lived in Holland for two years. And then we were raised in Canada. And I think just the, the sort of act of living in different countries at some, such young ages has made me so open-minded. And I, and I think that that is probably one of, I think the coolest things about me is my open-mindedness because when you go into medicine, you realize a lot of people who are in medicine are very close minded. (laughs) And that's one thing that I could not relate to with some of my colleagues was that, um, I found, you know, a lot along the way and times are changing. People are becoming more open-minded, but I think that, um, that was some, that's something very pivotal. Um, that really shaped who I am. And I don't think if I had those experiences at such a young age where you're so impressionable, but like you're impressionable in the sense that it just like, you you just like soak that information into your body and you don't even think about it as right or wrong. You just think about it as is. And then it just shapes you. I love the two points <laughs> that you brought up and completely relate to them. One from an aspect of, like you said, at a very young age, being in different countries that, as you know, most people in the United States have not had that experience Yes, at all. Like most, you know, even similar to you, I was in four countries by the time I was two. Oh my gosh. Very (laughs) similar upbringing. That's so cool. It was conceived in Bulgaria, born in Poland, traveled (laughs) through a couple countries in a refugee camp in Italy. Oh, wow. Then in U.S. and even, (laughs) so even, and I'm sure with you, like even when you were in Canada, you probably still traveled. We, we, I, unfortunately, this, this is one thing I would change. (laughs) I went to a different elementary school every single year. Wow. Which was awful because it was so hard because Imagine being the new kid every single year in an elementary school. Wow. That is not fun. Kids are so mean. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's the one thing I might change, but I guess I can't change yes. it, so I have to accept it. Um, that, that was hard. <laughs> to your point on one side, it can be very like adventurous and very open and very cool, right? But then on the other side, like you just reminded me, and I am in writing something recently also. At one point, my dad decided like in fifth grade that we were going to try to live in Bulgaria again. Oh, my God. My parents (laughs) decided something very similar. Not to both. But parents decide. I feel like parents decided the craziest things back then. And at least ours (laughs) did, clearly. Because I'm like, my friends are like, what? You're doing what? And then we went. And then, like, in a couple of months in, my dad's like, no, like, we can't live here. And then we, like, ended up coming to middle school almost a month late. And I was, like, and I was writing on this recently. I'm like, on one side, it's super cool, super adventurous, super whatever. But then yeah. on the other side, it's kind of, like, traumatic, scary, unstable. Traumatic. Yeah. Imagine doing that now if you had kids. I would not do it to my kids now unless we had like a serious discussion like a couple months before and really like talked about it. And like, okay, maybe we're going to go test drive first. Like I'm not going to just uproot you because I know what that feels like. 
actually, my parents did something very similar, which is so funny that we've had such a similar upbringing. My parents <laughs> decided one year that they were going to pack up everything in Canada, sell everything, and then we were going to move to Kansas. <laughs> so packed up everything, and we were living like we were on a trip. So we took the summer and we went back to Iran for three, like three months. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to come back and move to Kansas. And then we decided during that three months in Iran that we weren't going to move to Kansas. We were going to stay in Canada. So we came back and we had to like refine a place to live. It was <laughs> very similar. Except for we something my mom wants me to share. But I'm sharing it anyways. So. <laughs> yeah, I, my mom listens sometimes too to like my podcast. Yeah. She's like, or she'll see things that I write. She's like, you share too much. I'm like, mom, you have the vision you have for your life and how you wanted to share and not share. This right. is me. And That's don't so restrict me. Yeah. But I remember that because all our stuff was in storage. And we came back to Canada from Iran after three months away. And we're like, Oh, we're staying here now after we'd said bye to everyone before we left and we said we were moving to Kansas. Yeah. And now we're, we're, but it didn't matter because I started a new elementary school. <laughs> it didn't matter. I already so said bye to everyone. Anyway. So you're it didn't matter anyway. if I stayed in Toronto. <laughs> it was very similar. Well, in my case, I thought I was going to the same middle school because I really wanted to. And, but it turned out the side of the street that this the complex was on was actually. Uh, routed or uh, what's districted to a different school. Long story short, I ended up having my mom go to the superintendent to try to get me to go to the same school. They wouldn't budge, but it actually ended up being like the best thing ever. And the fact that my mom actually tried to fight to get me to the school that I wanted was super cool. So anyway, but lots of experiences. That's a cool part. Absolutely. And then the second thing I love that you talked about, and obviously it correlates, is Mm -hmm. the aspect of the mindset. And I think this goes into so many industries and so many things that I also get frustrated with. Because when you've had this, you know, mindset of travel and openness and family and being open to so many things, you don't just look at things as they are because you recognize hey, it took a while to get here, but what if we considered this? What if we considered this? And obviously that's huge with medicine and it's a huge difference. Yeah, I like in, that. In I like being, thank you. Together. It's very different in being reactive. Oh, let me put the Band-Aid or let me treat your diabetes or let me treat your heart attack as yeah. opposed to let me prevent it like way back when from childhood or let me do a conscious <laughs> interrupt when you're on yeah. a trajectory to get there, but let me reroute you to a better quality of life. Yes. So yes, yes. And it has to take the other, an intern, it has to take an open person to be receptive to that. Yes. So I can preach as much as I want about like prevention and, you know, like how I got to where I am and, you know, why integrative medicine is it for everybody, but, um, the person receiving the, the patient has to be open. And that's the other thing I've noticed in medicine is that people are not open to change. They don't want to change their diet. They don't, 
want to learn about changing their diets. Like the thought of, you know, letting go of red meat to some people is such blasphemy. It's so like when I bring it up to them, their faces change. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like over time, people, the more you like discuss it and talk about it and educate, slowly people come around, but it takes, it takes a while for some people, some, some more than others. Well, and to your point, I relate to it on different industries because being in several different industries, I've learned yeah. over and over again, it's like when you have this plastic, malleable, open mindset of innovation or yes. being open, you're constantly challenging the status quo, which is- Because my, my, my ability, now that I'm thinking about it, my ability to be flexible was sort of- ingrained in me at a young age. It's like, oh, we're going to be sleeping here tonight and then we're going to be sleeping here tonight. And that's how my life was like for a while. Exactly. <laughs> and just roll with it. Versus- we're just, you know, we're going to sleep. Like I remember in India, we would be sleeping in different places every single night. <laughs> and so, um, and that's, you're right. That's how I have approached healthcare. It's being more flexible and open and, um, the more open you are, the more innovative you can be. No, and then to your point, the flip side, yeah. I love that you brought up the patient aspect because even in business, I think whether yeah. it's me or others, so yeah. many times we get frustrated because we think we see this mm-hmm. potential and we see this way that will help this person and we really, really, really want them to take it now. But what you've got to keep in mind is the flexible yeah. or closed mindset. And then you know this as an adult – or, you know, your neural pathways as a child are mm-hmm. still forming versus as yeah. an adult, you can change them. However, the yeah. work that it takes to shift them so the person has to be willing because the resistance is real of what's happening in their brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're right. Like, it's like... A lot of people, unfortunately, like didn't have much of the flexibility growing up. And then when they get to adulthood, it's harder for them to change. But it's still possible. Oh, it's always because, possible. I mean, science has shown that you can change your brain and, you know, anyone can do it. So it's completely possible. It's just, you just have to have that like tinkle of like wanting change. Wanting that change? It has to be like that, that sparkle inside of you, that little, little sort of fire where... <laughs> I love and that then you use sparkle. <laughs> well, and then the fight, right? Because you haven't you're done. You need a little bit. And as soon as you're like open a little, then it just opens. Yes. Super rapidly. Just a tiny, tiny bit. <laughs> no, I love that you said that because it's it's the tiny bit that creates like yeah. the, the fertile ground, so to speak. But then it's the yeah. the ability to form that muscle of consistency in a completely new pathway, so to speak. That's completely typically different than what you've done. And this goes to health. This goes to money. This goes to business. This goes to your mind. It goes to all of that. Speaking of which, obviously you've talked about your parents a ton. So (laughs) your parents, as well as anyone else, that's been your greatest influences and why? Anyone else that's been my greatest influences? I mean, like 100% my family, just like my parents and my brother and my sister, just because we, from like day one, we were in it together. Like, you know, going from like, we, like my parent, 
I'm trying to think somebody else. <laughs> the question was someone else, and I'm like, back no, to no, my no, parents. No, 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 start with your parents because that's your first influences on earth. That's, I mean, I just feel like we, we really, um, like, out of my family, it was just us, right? Because we had a bigger extended family in Iran, but I don't feel like I've, I really connected with them to the same you know, level as the way I connected with my family. Cause we went through so much together. Um, I mean, throughout my career, you know, you meet people along the way and I try to find influence in everybody, to be honest with you. Um, it doesn't ha- they don't have to be in the medical field or sort of, you know, doctors, Just anyone who really has a passion for their career, um, is someone that I admire. Cause I feel like I have that same passion and, and I admire people who sort of take something that they really love and sort of like run with it. And yeah. <laughs> no, I love that you said that because I think so many, so many times people also get siloed into, Oh, well I'm only going to learn from this industry or this group of people because that's what's known and that's what's comfortable. But I think actually there's so much wisdom and I do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And I've always been like this. It's like, oh, let me learn about travel from this person. Oh, let me learn about this from this person. Yeah. Oh, let me learn from this brand about this. And be yeah. open like a sponge, like a child, because yeah. you find wisdom and learning in everything. Yes, I agree. I mean, so many people along the way, like I've, you know, whether, and I, and I really think sort of a lot of yoga itself has influenced me recently and sort of like, and so I like sort of looking at the arts and different areas and taking that influence and bringing it into medicine and, you know, taking medicine and bringing it into the arts. So yeah, I like to find inspiration everywhere too. (laughs) No, completely. And I feel like also just talking to you again, that you're the same, whether you're inside or outside of work. What do you mean? As far as like, you'll have the same kind of conversations or you'll have the same kind of playtime or like different things will come up depending of course on who you're talking to. Uh, Sorry, explain that again. Like, uh, like, so you're the same meaning, meaning you'll have the same kinds of conversations. You'll, you'll show up the same. Your passions will come up yourself. Exactly. To anyone I speak to. Yes. And no, I mean like, like, I felt like I had to modify myself a lot more when I was doing hospital work. Mm, I could see that. You have to approach it a little bit like, um, but I'm trying to um, figure out a way to really make hospital medicine more integrative. Right now I'm not working in the hospital, but there was a period where I was sort of like trying to incorporate integrative medicine into you know, the hospital work that I was doing, I found depending on the hospital, I was working at some resistance or some misunderstandings, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I mean, generally I'm very like, you know, um, open with people I talk to, but you know, you'd have to sort of modify your approach. Of course, depending on like, you reminded me of, uh, the movie, I think it's patch or Dr. Patch. It was based on a true story where he was yeah. producing like uh, laughter and also different types of integrative medicine. 
That was such a good movie. I really enjoyed watching that movie. I figured um, you might. I figured you'd know it. Great <laughs> story, too. Patch Adams you're talking about, right? Yes. Robin Williams? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, similar. Yeah. Similar. <laughs> I can see that. And to your point, like being in corporate for years, you know, now like my favorite colors are pink, blue, and green. And I always like introduce that like on our brand, you know, when I'm wearing stuff, just everything. And of course, being in a boardroom, no different than if you're, you know, doing rounds with doctors, you're wearing your lab coat, I'm wearing my, you know, black coat. So just, yeah, it's, you are who you are, but then you morph, but then you also start to realize, well, do you want to morph or do you want to find companies or hospitals or entrepreneurs or whoever it is that is, are actually your people? Everyone is our people. <laughs> that are willing to be open back to that point is more what I mean by that. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like, um, sort of to bring about sort of change in medicine takes a lot more work. It's an area where you require a lot more evidence and, you know, there's no evidence that you can't sort of incorporate it. It needs to be like, um, but I don't know how to silence that. Sorry. Um, but yeah, so, um, in, in sort of bringing it in, it's going to take some time and it's going to be a slow progression, but I can do so by like, you know, creating the education, you know, sort of allowing, you know, like this space, my office to exist where I can, sort of bring together the art and the science of medicine and really like bring the education forward on prevention and integration. And, um, and then, then hopefully slowly over time. And that's what happens with everything. It'll slowly trickle through to different areas. Um, and that's what will happen with medicine. It's just going to take some time. Mm -hmm. And then to your point, transformation takes time. It's like the bigger changes you want to make, they require, patience, buy-in, support, transition, all those things. Definitely. So speaking of, yeah. which, and speaking of your practice, where are you today? Like where, you know, where's Dr. Rahi today? Where's the practice today? Um, so right now my office is located in Beverly Hills, California. Uh, I do a mixture of aesthetics, hormones, and integrative medicine. Um, I do a lot of educational sort of, um, videos and articles. And I think that's where, um, the biggest change is going to come from sort of that sort of movement where you're educating, you're writing, you're talking, not necessarily one, one-on-one, -on -one, uh, appointments because for a patient to make an appointment with an integrative practitioner they have to know what an integrative practitioner is first and so um i'm trying to create that sort of knowledge um through within my circle and whoever sort of like tunes in on my instagram or social media so a couple of questions <laughs> on that too awesome um so if i had no idea and anyone listening what integrative mm -hmm. uh, nutrition is what would yep. you tell me or what would you tell them uh, integrative medicine is sort of a it's the best medicine from all around the world. So it's taking what we know works and um, what a lot of science has supported 
and incorporating that into your life. So um, traditionally in the Western world, we've thought of medicine as um, pharmaceuticals almost, or like you get sick, you go to the hospital, they give you medicine, you feel better, you come home. What medicine really is and what medicine should be looked at is um, sort of from the day you're born, how to take care of yourself, to live optimally, to sort of, um, you know, incorporate health and wellness into your life on a daily basis. And that requires you as an individual to participate actively in your healthcare. So what I noticed as a doctor, a lot of times client patients would come to me and expect me to do, to fix them so that they could go back out and just do whatever and then come back so I can give them their diabetes pills, blood pressure. And it wasn't like an active participation. Like a lot of times these patients wouldn't even know what medications they're on. I'm like, what are you on? And you know, they'd be like, I don't know what medical problems do you have? I don't know. And I'd have to look through their charts from like, and they've been coming to, you know, these clinics for like years and they don't know that, you know, this is what's going on with them. And so integrative medicine requires active participation of, you know, the individual. Um, it requires using modalities from, you know, what, whether it's like, you know, Ayurvedic or traditional Chinese medicine, or if it's like native, native Indian medicine, or if it's like, you know, like your grandmother's chicken soup, even though I don't eat chicken, but you know what I mean? Like that's all medicine. And if people start looking at it like that and like trying to like approach optimal living instead of like, trying to like patch up, patch it up when they're sick, then, then, you know, that's, that's what integrated medicine is. And it's really like participating with your provider in your care. It isn't the provider saying, Hey, like you're going to be on this medication. Come see me in three months for a refill. It's like, Hey, like, what do you want to get out of your healthcare? What, what are your concerns? And maybe we can try this. If this doesn't work, maybe we can try this. If this doesn't work, maybe we can go back to that. You know, it's not black and white. No, I love that. And I think it's to your point, it's taking a hundred percent responsibility of your own care. Even if you're utilizing a practitioner or whether it's your doctor, whether it's integrative medicine, it's educating yourself. Like, what is this? What does this mean? How can I make this better? What am I doing or not doing to help this or hurt this? And then also, which I also love that you brought up, it's really questioning if you're seeing the right doctor, because if the doctor that you're seeing is simply handing you a pill and not really assisting or aiding to say, what can we do? How can we make this better? Or just wants to keep you on the pill. Mm -hmm. It's questioning, well, is this the right provider to really help me move in the right direction? And that goes back to the closed mindedness or the open minded is on both sides. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, uh, going through the medical system, I just remember a lot of situations where providers just, you know, like, this is it. If you don't like it, don't come to me. Mm-hmm. Sort of like that sort of situation, that, that sort of um, mindset and behavior. Mm-hmm. So this is it. If you don't like it, don't come to me. That was like the attitude. And it's like, well, this isn't it because there's more than one it. And like, <laughs> what, what, why can't you participate with me and talk to me about what are the other it's? <laughs> what are the other options? And why don't we work together to create health and optimal living for me? And that's something that really frustrated me. It was just like, I, I couldn't be a part of that. I can't be a part of that. No, to your <laughs> I point, refuse. I mean, I've seen it on both sides and even myself, like, I'm like, okay, I can't go to your clinic or your, 
you know, even if it's a checkup, like if I'm hearing certain things that like automatically indicate fear or closed mindedness, or you're not open, well, then the conversation's not open and I'm not going to spend my time or my investment with you. And it's, you know, it's pretty simple. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I love that you brought up both sides. The good thing about, um, that's a good thing about living in uh, America. You have that ability to choose the type of doctor you want to go to. I mean, yes, there are populations that are unfortunately not, they don't have that luxury, but there are a lot of like middle-class Americans who can choose to go to an integrative practitioner if they want to. Whereas I feel like some countries are more advanced. That's true. And then some countries are not like, not even at that level. I feel like, um, so, so that's the great thing about America is that you sort of like, there's like the choices available, um, and you can, at this point, like choose, like, hey, I'm going to go see an integrative provider because I want to be a part- active participant in my own healthcare, and let's see what they have to offer. No, absolutely. And then to your point, like you said, some are even more advanced and some are less advanced. But even like now with telemedicine and so many different things, there's still other options oftentimes. Again, depending on the person's openness or not openness or ability to have resources and all kinds of things. Um, yes. Yes. Although I'm, I mean, I, I like the one-on-one face-to-face, but yeah, I mean, I'm all about technology and telemedicine too. (laughs) It definitely depends on you because I was going to say, unless like for me, unless I'm going for something specific that can't be done, you know, virtually Mm -hmm. the last time I've gone to a doctor for any kind of checkup face-to-face has been over two years. Because I get my lab work done, I know how I feel, like all those things, and I don't like to go face-to-face. Yeah. Unless, again, it's something that's prompting for me to really go, but I have gone to different things like a colonoscopy, not a colonoscopy, um, the cleansing, a colon cleansing. So it's like something specific where I have to go in person. You have, colon cleansing, or do you mean... For a medical doctor, or no, do you no, mean more like an integrated? Oh, okay. just in general, like care, like self care, wellness, etc. Yeah, like that's. Something I mean, don't I can't wrong. Do. I'm all like I do believe in like most of the guidelines for you know like mammograms, Paps. Those are all oh, things absolutely. that I think are very important. And I think that um, I I'm I very much encourage that, but I also I encourage sort of getting that care through an integrated practitioner. So. Um, I do think it's important for people to make the time out of their days, even if they feel fine to go. To your point, that was the last one. It was a PAP, but I didn't realize you just brought something up. You can do a PAP through an integrative, uh, nutrition specialist. It's well, it depends on if it's an integrative provider, like whether it's a medical doctor, what, you know, so Yes, but there's integrative nutritionist, which is different from integrative doctor. So it depends on again the um, the doctor and if they've had additional integrative training. No, no, no. Sorry, go back to me. Your family doctors. There are OBGYNs of that course. are integrative practitioners themselves. Okay, that's where you were mentioning that. Basically, there is a family or an OBGYN that you can have both in one. Now, that makes sense. Yes, and then there are. Um, nutritionists that are specialists in integrated medicine and that's you know different of type of training so there's like 
I've never ran across, even in Atlanta, I can tell you, or in Houston ever. And I've had several different, you know, OB-GYN, several different family uh, family doctors. I actually also worked um, at a hospital with an oncologist all through um, high school. And I've never seen someone that was both family care as well as integrative and or OB-GYN that was integrative ever to this date. Well, they do exist. That's good to know. Um, there are, um, you know, I can actually send you um, some websites. That would be awesome. That I can include it in the show notes. Locate specific integrative practitioners in your area. And unfortunately, they're not as plentiful as, you know, non-integrative practitioners. Um, some people do end up traveling to see their integrative doctors if they're in a smaller town. But they definitely do exist and they're growing in numbers by the day. That's super awesome to know. And that's something like I'll, we'll definitely include in the show notes for anyone else that's interested in that as well, because then you already know you're speaking to someone that speaks a whole different language and has a whole different mindset. So that's super right. cool. Right, right. That's really, really important. Um, so yeah, I can definitely send you um, some search some search tools on how to find a practitioner close to your home yeah. or close to where you live. Cool. So speaking of which, like as you've gone through all of this with your own practice, mm -hmm. with growing, your mindset as well as where you are now and where you see yourself going or the business going? Mindset. Uh, my mindset is very focused. Um, and uh, where I see myself going, I'd like to see myself more uh, in the realm of educating, um, not other, well, well, educating other practitioners, which I do, um, and uh, educating other just people in general on integrative medicine and, you know, how, what you can do for yourself on a daily basis without necessarily going to see a practitioner, you know, just things of little things of self care that people tend to think are frivolous, but are very, very important, um, into living like a sort of a healthy, happy lifestyle. So name one that's pretty simple, like for anyone. Um, simple, uh, a daily yoga practice. <laughs> or how about, um, you know, sort of taking supplements every day that are tailored to you and your needs. So that would require you to, you know, see a practitioner to go over what supplements are great um, for you specifically. Uh, five minutes of meditation a day. Love little it. things. Like that. I mean, there's so many little things that you can do. Meditation is a game changer. I've been meditating now consistently every day for three years. It's like, yeah. like you can feel. I'm sorry. How many minutes you said? I've been meditating twice a day for over 30 minutes now for over three years. That's impressive. Thank you. So <laughs> even I. Even I can't say that <laughs> because thank you. Um, it's, I mean, it's like anything else. It's a practice, it's a mental muscle and it's just, you know, yeah. it's simply carving out, you start with X amount of time and then you just challenge yeah. yourself to do more. And I mean, and I can say like the, the level of calmness, the level of focus, the level of just so many things, it's, it just creates space. It's literally creating space in your brain. So that's, yeah, it's definitely one of my favorites. Um, I also want to ask so if someone knows if back to like your practice. So you mentioned like the different focal points of your practice. What are some of the things that patients come to you for? Mm. 
Uh, specifically integrative medicine or aesthetics? Anything. Integrative medicine or aesthetics, like maybe name your two or three different client people or people that do both, because I'm sure some do both. Uh, I do um, specifically consults for assessing, you know, uh, I do like when I do a full integrative consult, it's very thorough. Um, specifically, I like organizing and sort of like curating uh, a supplement plan for clients. Um, and I really love doing lip injections. <laughs> <laughs> is it because of the face transformation back to like beauty from the inside out or I just like how it feels doing them? I love doing them. I, <laughs> okay. With my, like literally like what I, um, I just love it. Okay. It gives me so much joy. That's awesome. <laughs> so we all have our joy things, but I'm like, oh, I just like that. I know. Like, no, I just really love weird, it. Right? Like, you don't expect someone to say that. You're like, what I just you, love it. What is your favorite thing to do? <laughs> love injections. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, it's like one of those things, like I always say, we all have our own like interesting or quirkiness and you never know like – Super, I know. I understand it's a big quirk. It's like very it's interesting. bizarre. It's like someone the other day said on a mentorship call, like his favorite movie was Forrest Gump. And if you would have seen the guy, like you would never think his favorite movie is Forrest Gump. I'm like, really? I'm like, interesting. But that goes back to like never. Actually, now that I think about it, like a lot of doctors have like weird sort of like fetishes. Like my favorite <laughs> thing to do is like, like you'll meet doctors who like love like intubating someone. Like, you know, and you think about that, like the concept of that, it's like, they get a thrill out of like putting a tube down someone's throat, but it's okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Weird interests. <laughs> I love it. Uh, anything else about beauty from the inside out? Like when you think about beauty from the inside out and that that's your, you know, what, like your passion and like what you're doing with medicine, how you're combining different things, both on the inside and on the outside. Any advice, um, guidance, or anything around that passion? Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I think people should know that it's okay to do self care. A lot of times, people don't think it's okay. Um, they think that they can't invest in themselves because they have to invest in something else. And I think if if you're going to invest in, in the money that you have, it should be in self care, self care first, and then everything else following. Um. So just in you know, understanding that self care is just as important as any type of care and putting time effort and you know that your efforts into that love it <laughs> and anything else that you want to share with them listening about anything that we've talked about or anything else that's on your mind or on your heart um wow anything else that's on my mind and that's on my heart um Meditate, do more yoga, eat well, and um, be happy. <laughs> Where can they find you as well? Well, like I told you, like uh, my office in Beverly Hills, um, I have a social media presence, uh, Dr. Rahi MD, it's Dr. Spelt Out. Um, and I feel like you can find a lot of like what I do on my social media. Um, and yeah, I think you can connect through those two different ways. And if, you know, you want to come in for a consult, you can come in for a consult. If you just want to follow me and see what else I'm doing, just follow me on social media. Awesome. And we will definitely include that in the show notes as well and the links back to you for anyone tuning in that wants to follow you 
and or that they're in California and want to come see you. So. Yay. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Ahi. We so appreciate it. So appreciate you sharing your wisdom, insight, the journey, the story, and anything else. No, that's it. Um, just thank you for having me, and I appreciate it. Thank you so much, and um, we'll chat soon. Thank you for tuning Bye. in with me on It's a Fit Life Creation Podcast. If you haven't already, head on over to our fitlifecreation.com website, follow us on all our social channels, and explore our freebies library. You'll find freebies on health, freebies on wealth, freebies on biz, and all in one. Explore at our experiences, events, influencers. We help the community and influencers get healthy, make money, and build brands. To create a life and a business you love.